with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Hi there. This is Blindsight, produced by Audio Information Network. It's a program where we talk about mental health, mental awareness, uh, and I'm your host, Bill Lundgren, and I'm pleased today to welcome Aaron Huey, who is a family consultant, uh, world speaker, uh, and does programs working with families where uh, a, a teenager uh, is involved with addictive drugs in trying to help the whole system. And so we'll have a really interesting conversation on this subject. Aaron, welcome to Blindsight. Bill, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Big thanks to Jonathan for setting this up. And uh, so happy to be here, Bill. Happy to help as many families as I can when their kids go into crisis and the whole family follows. Well, how did you get into that line of work, Aaron? Yeah, I was one of those kids. Yeah, I, I was one of those kids. I, My biological father uh, decided he would rather not be involved with me. I was bullied mercilessly uh, when I was younger. I tried drugs at a very early age. I was sexually assaulted when I was 18 by my best friend who had the same name as my biological father. So there you go. There's my psychology laid to bear. Sure. Um, when I got sober, I took that 12th step very, very seriously. The 12th step is take the message of hope to those who still suffer. And uh, I had been working with kids in that uh, year and a half of my sobriety. And really, the, the divine world lined up and said, guess what you're doing with the rest of your life? And I just said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And have been doing the work. I love the work. I'm very passionate about the working with these families who are just really, really struggling. And I don't mean your kids throwing chicken sticks on the floor and you can't get them to stop. I'm talking about addiction, mental health, self-harm, suicidality, running away, human trafficking. I want to help families who are going through the worst of the worst. I was blessed with a wonderful mother who is extremely intelligent and a dad. I told you my father was never involved, but I had a daddy that any kid would dream of and my dreams came true with my dad and the two of them did a really good job they loved me before during and after and uh, a lot of what i do is because of the space they held for me to go through what i went through and so uh, that's what i want to do for other families is i want to do what my daddy did for me and what my mom did for me and so that's what i do well, as I listen to you, I'm hearing you focus on the family, which I yeah. appreciate, because so often residential treatment centers, for example, will take the kid, and then they give uh, the parents a kind of a family day or something like that. 
but right. they're working exclusively with kids. But uh, what made you think about uh, including the family and working with the whole system? My wife and I opened a treatment center uh, for teenagers in 2009, and we noticed immediately that we were going to follow the trend in the industry, which is uh, 20 to 30% success rate. Adolescent treatment has an 89% failure rate. And what we knew going into it is that, first of all, my, my wife and I don't do anything normal. Um, I'm not interested in normal. I'm interested in the edge. That's where we come alive. The treatment industry, and I hate saying this, but I know any parent who has looked at it is feeling the same way. The treatment industry is based on turning over beds. You want to get your kid in, give them the stuff that insurance is going to pay for, and get your kid out so I can get the next kid in that insurance is going to pay for. But see, here's the caveat. No one gets into that industry to treat people like that. Everybody wants to help. But then we get in, we find the limitations to help, the things that you can and can't do with kids, things right. that you know work with kids and you can't do them because insurance isn't going to pay for them and parents don't have the money to pay for it. Right. But one of the things that insurance does pay for and support is parent programs. My wife and I decided that if the kids were going to recover, the parents had to recover. We had both seen addiction firsthand, either in our families or in ourselves. And we knew that if the family doesn't change, the child can't change. And I want to make sure that we put a distinction on the term because a lot of times we think addiction has to do with children. They won't change. I'm telling you that addiction is when we've crossed the threshold of won't into can't. And if a family, if mom and dad won't change, a child can't change. This is another way I like to say it. If you teach a family who is a Spanish speaking family, if you take the kid away and teach the kid French, you immerse them in the French culture. You only speak French to the child for hmm. three months, four months, eight months. And then you send them home to a Spanish-speaking family. What do you think that kid's going to talk at home? And the same is true with the mental language, the mental health language of the family. A child's voice is the family language out loud. We have to change the family language. We have to change the family culture into a culture of recovery. Because if the mom and dad won't, the child can't. Our success rate when we ran a treatment center was 89% success because we did family intervention. So when we shut our treatment center down, which is its own very tragic story of property insurance and forest fires in Colorado, um, I knew that I had to keep the work with families going. So when parents do call me to say, can you work with my teenager? I say, yes, but guess what, mom and dad, you're in the zone of recovery now too. It's time for you to learn. That's where our success rate came from. Parents recovering. And when a parent recovers, they can help their child recover. Well, you get some pushback from parents saying, oh, you're blaming me for my child's uh, substance abuse you know how do oh. you deal because that that would be the automatic thing the parent would think 
uh, oh, he's saying we're the problem. All right. And that's a tough one because no parent chose this for their child. And I, and I want to remind parents, no child chose this for themselves either. But you're very right, Bill. The moment you, and, and that's like the old uh, therapy model, right? Tell right. me about your mother, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And, yeah. And it's just, here's what I say to parents. I say two things. Number one, everything you have done as a parent has gotten you here. If you keep doing what you're doing, we're going to end up here again. You did some right things, you did some wrong things, and you're okay because your kid's still alive. The second thing I say to them is, you don't have to do the work, but your child and you will not be working with me. Mm -hmm. I just I just draw the line in the sand. I say, if, if we're going to work, if your child's going to succeed, you have to recover. And if you don't, if you don't want to do the work, I get it, but not here, go somewhere else. And I just draw the line. And if they don't do it, I'm, I'm very open and honest in a loving diplomatic way. I don't sugarcoat things, but I do give it a soft glazing of icing, you know, sweetness. But I do be very, I, I am very clear with my parents. Self-care is how we teach children how to take care of themselves. Well, the thing is that uh, what people really don't talk that much about is that addiction is a multi-generational uh, disease so often, you know, just simply by parents having been trained a certain way or a certain attitude towards uh, addiction or towards the behavior, uh, and they think, well, because I learned it from my, to, to deal with my child this way, uh, hmm. my, uh, I learned that from my parents, and I'm here today, therefore... I uh, just follow the same thing. The child should be okay, and it, they they can't figure out what's going on that the child isn't going that way. Or if the parent is is addicted themselves, then what kind of role model? So you have to really work get them to admit, oh, I maybe I need to do something different to get different results, which I think is what you're saying. It is. There, there's a few things. First and foremost, what we do with our children, and I want, I want people to understand, I'm a parent as well. I have a son who is 27, and I have a daughter who's 28. I made it through. They made it through. I had a coach their entire childhood. I still keep that coach, and my children are grown, and I still keep my coach, and I'm a coach. You need help. We all need help. Show me the parenting handbook that you got when your kids are born, and I'll show you mine. And both of our hands will be empty. What we do as parents is a direct result of what our parents did or did not do with us. Mm -hmm. And that is not a wide enough spectrum to be able to deal with mental health and addiction, the insanity of addiction, the disease of addiction. And I want to be clear. I don't care whether you think it's a disease or not. I don't care whether you think that this is a bad attitude or not. Because regardless of what you think, if you're dealing with addiction in your family with your child, if you're dealing with mental health issues with your child and you are struggling, then what you think has contributed to your struggle. I want you to stop struggling and we need to move outside of what you think. And let's be clear. What you think is based on what our mom and dad did or did not do with us. 
We can be innocent bystanders in a drive-by shooting of addiction and still get help by learning how to change our environment. And even if the child doesn't recover, and I hate saying this, but even if your child doesn't survive, you have to. And that takes a mindset of recovery that requires you to be conscious, not in survival mode. Survivors mm -hmm. don't always survive. Thrivers survive. Surviving is getting by by the skin of your teeth. Thriving is getting by whole with your heart intact, with the love you have for these children still primary and your ability to take care of yourself and your adult relationships prioritized over caring for the child. This takes conscious parenting. No parent will be successful accidentally. And when we're dealing with mental health and we're dealing with addiction, running away, suicide, it is very, very easy to go unconscious. So it's not that the parents are to blame. Right. It may be a disease to blame. It might be epigenetics and understanding that addiction and mental health can get passed down through the genetics. If you don't believe that, I implore you to go research a thing called epigenetics and how things we deal with in our life change our DNA and how we mm. pass the DNA genetics and their changes down to our children. This has happened. You can go back into the cul-de-sac of the past to try to figure out why, but I implore you to recognize moving forward consciously is the key to recovery. Well, if, I, if I'm a parent with a child that I'm concerned about and I call you, what, uh, how do you operate? I mean, uh, and, and how frequently? I'm sure that changes according to the situation, but a basic, what is your expect? You, you're talking about the expectation for me. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be my expectation or what I would get from you? Thank you for asking this. First of all, I would ask the parent to download my parenting masterclass, which I am very proud to say is $99 for 56 classes. I want it to be affordable. I want every parent to have access to it. I have no wow. interest in pricing it at 500, 5,000 BS. I hate that. Parents need help. I want them to go through the basics before they and I start working together on the specifics because you're right, Bill, there are two different approaches. They're approaching the basics, and that's the psychology of mental health and addiction, the layman's understanding of why people do the things they do, which is my specialty because I, I won't say I'm a smart man. I'm not going to say I'm a handsome man. And let's be clear, I'm not even sure I am a man. But that's beside the point, Bill. The point is, is that I am looking for parents to understand why the things are happening. But I'm going to interpret it in the most layman's concept. We're dealing with cost and payoff. We're, needed, we're dealing with need fulfillment. We're dealing with brain chemistry issues. And if we're going to heal the brain, if we're going to heal the body, if we're going to heal the family, we need to understand why. We need to understand what need is being met by the risky behavior. Mm. And then we need to understand the brain chemistry, the very basics, so that we can heal our own brains first. And I will tell you, there are five things 
that heal our brains very quickly. Sleep, food, water, movement, and breathing on purpose. And guess what, Bill? All of those are free. We want to, we want to, you know, I don't want parents to feel like they have to pay a ton of money to heal their brain chemistry. At some point, you may need supplements, vitamins. You might need a crutch of Western medicine to get you through a painful part so that you can recover. But you need to improve your sleep patterns. You need to improve the food that you're putting in your body. Look, crap in, right. crap out. That's how food works. If you put crap in your body, that's all you can produce in your life is crap. Water. We all have been told we need to drink more water. Guess what? The science proves it. Drink more water. We need to move our bodies. Sitting is the new smoking. And we need to breathe on purpose. If for nothing else, that brings us back to our conscious brain. Focusing on your breath means you're not surviving. Survival breathing is what you do unconsciously all day long. Thrival breathing is taking nice, deep breaths on purpose. You do those five things and suddenly you are in play. You are back in your game because you are living life consciously. From there, now I'm willing to give the tools to the carpenter. Before, if you just start throwing tools and techniques and, oh, tell your kid this and make your kid do that. They'll, they'll do it from the worst place possible. Our worst, our best parenting, when we are fatigued, afraid, and furious, is our worst parenting. Our worst mm -hmm. parenting from being in a place of being centered in ourselves and conscious is our best parenting. So we need to understand that the work begins at home in this temple of the body. And from there... Regardless of what we say to our kids, it's going to come from the right place. That's why I say, you guys, if you handed me a sawzall and told me to build a camper van, the entire warehouse would be on fire within an hour. I am not good at constructing things. Don't hand me a power tool. So why would I just give parents all these tools, tactics, techniques, and tricks to use on their children if they can't even keep their brain straight. Right. So first the brain, through the body, and then we get down to business. That's how I work with parents. Get your bodies back. Then we'll get down to business. But until then, it's not going to work. So in other words, you have them do the 56 sessions and before you work with them. Or during, because a lot of those sessions or are during. the tools. Mm -hmm. Front, for, yeah, right. front loading, okay. fulfillment of needs, cost and payoff. There, there are a lot of tools, but also a lot of them are about the self care piece. You got to mm -hmm. take care of yourself, folks. So it's kind of reinforcing what you're doing yes. by working with them, working uh, through their specific issues while they're getting the background of all this training, all this That's uh, correct. remote training. Mm -hmm. That's correct. That's correct. Then we get into the meat and potatoes. What is it about cutting that is different than an addiction, that is different than addiction that has been spurred on by mental health? Um, you know, for example, if the child's depressed and started smoking pot, and now right. after, you know, that's a specific technique we're going to use versus my child is anxious and is doing benzos.
and tried to kill themselves yesterday. Because one, we're dealing with dopamine issues. The other, we're dealing with serotonin issues. And we need to be specific around our approach. Once we're able to identify what's really going on, but again, I promise you, you'll never know if your own body isn't in play. And so the the whole family is taking uh, is taking the audio course and working with you. Just sometimes the parents. you work with the parents. Sometimes you work with the kid, uh, or right. is it the whole you know combination of all of those? Right. No, just the parents are taking the uh, the 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 parenting master class. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm talking to them once a month. And I'm working with the child. Yep. And I'm working with the child once a week. Okay. You're working with the child once a week. Okay. Yep. And the parents once a month while they're taking the course. If Hmm. the parents need more, we'll do more. So you're coaching the the child in terms of staying sober or dealing with the mental health. First, you find out what's going on, obviously. And then uh, working with the child to get better in and of him or herself and see and then supplementing in a sense uh with the parents in direct contact as well as having them constantly uh, doing the treatment doing uh, the uh, the master class so that they're getting really uh major dose of the information and uh, techniques that you're uh, you're trying to get to them give to both the the child and the parents as well. You brought up an interesting point. So let me answer the second question. Then I want to bring up the point that you talked about with sobriety. Right. Um, The the master class, and we just won a Telly Award, by the way, for education. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Sure. It was so well done. First of all, the director and producer did such an incredible job. They've become great friends of mine. We met during the filming. And I'm just, we're best friends and business partners now. It's incredible. Um, it is, that, that master class is everything I have ever taught parents. It is the basics. Like I said, 56 self-paced classes where parents can just learn and do their work. And it's broken up into three components, the red, the yellow, the green. Think stoplight. Green is good. And you want them to go great. That's our green. Yellow is the risky behavior. We're not sure. It could go red. It could go green. Who knows what color this light's going to change next. And red is full stop. The family is in full stop. We got to stop everything and address the issue. So I want parents to see all angles first. Second, the kid and I are working and, and while the parents and I are working together and the parents are learning from the master class. You brought up a really interesting point, Bill, about sobriety. I'm going to make sure out of the gate that sobriety is an option for this kid. It's not always the goal when we begin coaching. Because harm reduction may be the goal. Because I'm never going to call a child an addict. That's not my place. That's a child's place. If they think they're an addict, then 
they will reference themselves as, as such. But I'm not, I know I'm an addict. I don't know if you're an addict. That is way too complex a concept for me to look at a 15 year old who can't stop using benzos, Adderall and smoking weed on a daily basis. And for me to call him an addict. Now, from the outside, it may look, smell and feel like addiction. Not my place. So we're going to explore harm reduction. We're going to explore sobriety, 100%. But I can't impose that on anybody, not an adult and not a child. Our goal will be based on what the child and I set in a realistic step-by-step approach towards the life they know they deserve. Here's what a teenager knows. What I have is not what I want What I want is not what I have. And I don't know how to get from A to Z. My job as the coach is to help the child discover B through Y. And that means setting up a five-year plan. That means going through a list of everything that happened and making sure they share it with someone who they trust. That means... I mean, there's, there's a ton of things I do with the kids. Maybe we'll, we'll all fly in and we'll go work with wolves in a wolf sanctuary. And they'll learn about their nervous system and how to regulate their nervous system. The child themselves need to learn about the brain chemistry. The child themselves needs to be able to identify their triggers with their parents. And when their parents aren't around, the child themselves need to understand which need they're trying to fulfill. All of these will ultimately allow the child to set a realistic, achievable goal that they want. Not every adult in this world wants sobriety. How do I know? Well, the liquor industry is doing quite well, and so is Netflix. And when we come home from a busy day at work and you sit down on the couch and have one to three beers or one to two glasses of wine and watch a couple episodes of Netflix so that you can relax, I'm telling you, you are partaking in the addiction industry. So we're not going to get rid of it overnight. What we are going to do is decide whether or not we can manage it consciously. I have former students who were heroin addicts who now smoke pot. Oh, it's the Super Bowl. I'm going to smoke right. a joint. Oh, it's my birthday. Somebody brought me a bong for my birthday. I'll share it with my friends. And maybe that's fine. Maybe, maybe. And then one time over Thanksgiving, they have too much to drink, take a cab home and are sick the next day. And they don't smoke pot again until the next Super Bowl. You know what? That's managing things. That's not me, Bill. I'm an addict. I don't do that. But I can't tell you that you can't. And so everybody needs to discover that on their own. And how a person Mm -hmm. comes to that answer is through mentorship. How a teenager comes to that answer is through mentorship. I have to say I like your approach. And I've been in the addiction field for many, many years. And uh, that you're, you're mentioning a lot of the things that I've been disturbed about over the years. And in the early days of the field, uh, I would go to conferences and the people recovering from alcohol would be smoking pot in at the conference. And those who were caught up in pills were drinking alcohol. It, you know, it just didn't sink in that an addiction is an addiction is an addiction. Right. And also the client who moved from chemicals to workaholism or being uh, gambling or whatever, whatever it is, it is a, a total 
disease, or I'll call it disease, but it's total uh, system that has to change. And what I'm hearing you say is the family has to change for the child to change or to help the child change. And the child has to incorporate a new way of, of living in order to maintain what he or she does uh, in terms of recovery or the mental health has to has to really change the whole system, which as I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm also seeing that if you change uh, the younger person when the person grows up and become a parent, hopefully they'll incorporate what they've learned so that the next future generations can change, but they're not going to change unless. The whole system is is uh, uh, is improved, and you know I think you know I I like your approach, frankly, and I think that uh, I'm glad we're having a chance to share this with people. Uh, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time uh, for now. I hope that we can work, and because there's more that you can share, I uh, I have a feeling. Uh, if you're if you're willing and like to at some time be able to have a sequel to this program, because I'm sure we'll have a lot more people. But the one thing I checked, you've worked with some children with uh, blindness issues or families where blindness was an issue. Yes, we have in our treatment center. Not only do we have children, uh, but absolutely adults. And I'll tell you, Bill, it changed nothing. Because that we're not dealing with an issue that you need to be able to see clearly. You're dealing with an issue that you need to be able to feel clearly. And anybody yeah. can do that as long as we become conscious feelers. We, we, we work with children who are deaf and, and parents who are deaf. Emotions have enough volume right. for right. everybody to hear. And sometimes they're acerbated by the particular uh, disability because the world is not uh, has problems dealing with someone who's different. And so we're you know people use chemicals or get into mental health issues because they just feel that aloneness that comes from uh, may be dealing with the issue of how they're different from other people. Yeah, and we always start addiction feeling like we're different, and we always end realizing <laughs> realizing that we are part of a community that has been dealing with this forever. This is mm -hmm. nothing new. It's new for you, it's new for your family, but it is not new to the rest of us who've been working in this industry for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It was new to everybody who walked through the doors of the 12 steps. It wasn't new to Bill. Bill W. had seen it, and that's why he became such an incredible support for all of us. Thank you, and Lois, Lois W. as well, to the family, <laughs> and there's certainly, uh, uh, together, they made an incredible team in creating something that's helpful to everyone. You know, it is the most successful addiction recovery program in the world, and mm -hmm. it's free. So you can't tell me 
they can't afford recovery. I get it. I, I, treatment is expensive, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Remember, the most successful program in the world is 100% free. So we need to rethink addiction, we need to rethink recovery, and we need to recover as a family. Aaron Huey, thank you for being on Blindsight. Uh, I really appreciate your insight and the work that you're doing. I know you have a podcast on parenting, and the name of the podcast is? Beyond Risk and Back. Beyond Risk and Back, you can find it anywhere. We're 260 episodes deep, uh, dealing, uh, talking to all the experts in family recovery. Um, and if you are interested in the Parenting Masterclass, it's at Brab App. Dot com, B-R-A-B-A-P-P dot com. Great. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, uh, I'm sure that you have enjoyed it. If you have any feedback to give us, contact us through uh, Audio Information Network of Colorado. And this is Bill Lundgren, the host of Blindsight. Until next time. Thank you.